Hello, everyone, and welcome to another massive edition of the SEN NBA podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke Sakari, and joining me in the studio from the SEN America team, Mikey Valaceros. Mikey, how are you? I'm really good, man. I'm really looking forward to getting this uh, podcast underway. Yeah, we've got a bit of a theme on, on this podcast. We'll get to that very shortly. But first, we'll go over to the States in Brooklyn. Our man over in Brooklyn, Chris Tyler from the SEN America crew. Chris, how are you? Boys, what's going on? Not much, not much. And uh, we're just past, we're past the quarterway point of the season. So we're right, we're immersed in it. We're getting a... A lot of people say the um, the NBA season starts on Christmas. Well, we're two weeks till Christmas today, so we're really, really there. And and there's a lot, a lot happening in the world of basketball. But we're not really going to have a. We're not going to touch on many different areas today. We're going to focus in specifically on the Eastern Conference. Now, what we're going to do here is obviously we've got a Philly fan in the room, a Cleveland fan in the room, we've got a Boston fan on the phone, so. What we're going to do is we're going to make our pitches. Now, we we looked at the standings last night and we kind of said, yes, well, the 76ers, are, they're ninth at the moment. We all know they've got Simmons and Embiid. Fultz hasn't really played yet. They've got all this exciting young talent and they're one of the most exciting teams in the league at the moment. So we feel like they're one of the more fascinating teams in the East, as along with Cleveland and Boston, of course, the two pace setters. So if you're making your pitch right now, we're making a pitch right now to a new NBA fan. He's never watched a game of basketball in his life, or he or her. They've never watched a game of basketball in their lives. They go to you and they say, I want to support a team. You've got to make your pitch, Mikey. So the way we're going to do this is I'll be making the Cleveland pitch for the Cavaliers. Chris will be making the Boston pitch for the Celtics. And Mikey, you'll be making the Philadelphia pitch for the 76ers. We're being homers today. We're being massive, massive homers. We yeah. try to disguise it on other shows, but today we're just going all out. Yeah, and we're, it's, it's a fun discussion because they are the three teams in the East right now that I reckon are the most, like I mentioned, they're the most fascinating and most intriguing for, for different reasons. Cleveland, LeBron, can, can LeBron get back there? Can Boston, can Kyrie knock his old team off the throne? Philadelphia, you got, you know, your Simmons and Embiid's. Mate, we, we have... The most exciting duo under the age of 24. Save it, Mikey. Save it. Yeah. I'm getting a bit excited. And and before we start, I mean, this is by no means to to disregard your Torontos, Milwaukee's, Indiana's, and your Washington tour, or in in that playoff mix at the moment. But we've decided to focus on these three. And hey, if you are a a Toronto, and this is Eastern Conference only, so we just wiped out all 15 teams in the West. But in the East... If if you're if you're a Toronto fan, a Milwaukee fan, a Pacers fan, whoever you are, and you feel like we're being disrespectful to you guys, hit us up on Twitter at SCN America. Give us your pitch, your pitch for your Eastern Conference team. But we're going to get stuck right into it. We're going to start with the Celtics because the Celtics at the moment twenty three on five, they're top of the East. So we thought, well, considering they are first, Chris, we thought we'd give you the opening orders, the opening batting, and make your first pitch. So we kind of. We'll make a point, and then we'll rebut and have a conversation. But your initial pitch, so you've got someone there sitting with you in your apartment over there in Brooklyn, New York, and they've come to you and they said, I've never watched a game of basketball in my life. Why should they support the Boston Celtics? Well, the first point, and the most obvious point, I think, is that we've got the best coach in the NBA. Not just this year. I think he's definitely on track. Brad Stevens, that is, head coach of the Boston Celtics. Not only is he on track to probably win the coach of the year this year, if all 
you know, goes to plan and the Boston Celtics don't all of a sudden, you know, capitulate and, you know, finish outside the top four in the East, I think he's actually the best coach overall. I think this year he's eclipsed Coach Pop. I think he's eclipsed uh, Kerr. I think he's eclipsed... You probably could have thrown someone else like Rick Carlo in there as well. I'm not sure. As of right now, I'd have Brad Stevens as the best head coach in the entire league. He's still very young. He gets his teams to buy in. That's the biggest thing for me. You saw... You, you you witnessed firsthand how Kyrie Irving was, especially on the defensive end in Cleveland. Never really played defense until it got to the playoffs. Brad Stevens has already gotten him to buy into his system, and that's the word that I want to focus on in this section is the system. Brad Stevens' system where he just gets the most out of anyone on his team. He's making Kyrie play defense, and after the games... If you listen to the post-game press conferences, Kyrie Irving says, we're just buying into the system. Brad Stevens has a great system. It's all about the system, the little things that control the system, turn into big things, and that's why we win games, all that sort of stuff. He's, I don't know, Kyrie is a bit confusing sometimes, but essentially <laughs> he just really loves the system. No. And it's starting to show. No, there's no, no I, that's a fair point. I understand that. But let's be honest. Mikey, no one's watching a basketball game to say, I want to see the coach. I want to see the system. The it is, is that, yeah, basketball. Yes, and the, they are the vital elements, vital elements to a championship team. But if you're taking someone onto the first game, they're not watching the guy in the suit on the sideline. They're watching the guys on the court, Mikey. Yeah, but you're, yeah. you're watching the brand of basketball that they play. So obviously you need the talent in there. And I'd like to think that the Celtics do have that talent. I think all three of the teams that we're going to talk about have the talent. But there are certain teams that won't get the most out of that talent and won't play the most attractive brand of basketball because their coach doesn't know how to coach. The fact that the Celtics have the best coach in the NBA means you're always going to get a team who plays as hard as they can every night, who plays a beautiful brand of basketball. They share it around a lot. They run beautiful sets. He's after timeout plays as some of the best in the entire league. If you just want to have an enjoyable experience watching basketball, the way that the coach runs his offense and runs his defense goes into a lot of that entertainment. You can't just say that people don't watch the game for certain coaches because some teams may be good, but they're boring. And some teams may be bad, but they're kind of fun. The Celtics are a good, fun team. And a lot of that is due to the coach because he knows what to get out of his personnel and he makes the team as good as they can possibly be. There's no doubt that Boston is one of the best teams in the league now. There's just no denying that. And Brad Steven is a great coach. I don't think he's the best coach in the NBA. I think that still belongs to Greg Popovich over what he's done over 20-plus seasons well, as a Spurs have, coach. I think Boston Celtics, they lack firepower. They lack a certain star. You go, on, why do I want to go and watch the Boston Celtics? They play great team basketball. But you'll look at the Sixers and go, I want to see Joel Embiid. I want to see a seven-footer play like a guard. They don't want to, they, the only wizardry you've got on that team right now is Kyrie Irving. He's been dubbed the best ball handler in the league. He's probably the best ball handler in the history of the sport. Let's be honest. But he's a 6'3 point guard who's only now starting to play defense, and it's team defense at best, where he gets saved out by maybe a Marcus Smart who's a little bit better or the long hands of Jalen Brown. But it lacks the star power that even, I hate to do this, but even like the Cavs have got, where you tune in just to see one particular player. So you're making the point that if you're first watching a game yeah. of basketball, you want to see the stars. You want to see the stars. You want to see a seven-footer 
play like a guard or a 6'10 point guard that runs beautiful sets in his first 24 games of his career. That's why you're tuning in to see. You you want to be mesmerized. The Boston Celtics play great team basketball. But there's a lot of other teams out there in the NBA that play great team basketball that have firepower that you want to tune in for. You go, how does a seven-footer dribble that ball like that? Can I, can I jump in here, Lucy? Yeah, go for it. Firstly, the fact that you're not calling Kyrie Irving uh, one of these type of plays, you're not categorizing him in the same level as a Ben Simmons who has only played 20-something games. Don't get me wrong, he's phenomenal. He's top 20 player in the league. And Joel Embiid, equally top 20 player in the league. Kyrie Irving is in that category. He's probably, at the moment, still better than them. The reason why he may not be putting up as big numbers as he can, he's only averaging, what, 24 points a game this season, is because he does play... The team way, it's not all isolation basketball. It's all about getting his teammates involved, running the offense the way that it should be run, and finding those open shots, not just going one-on-one and, and you know seeing what happens like someone like Russell Westbrook does. The fact that you're not including Kyrie Irving in that list astounds me. And not to mention, we actually have Gordon Haywood, who I wouldn't put that highly, but he's certainly someone that you could go and watch as your number one guy every night. That's what the Jazz fans did for the last, seven years or six years or however long it was. They went to see him. He was their best player for a very long time. He's obviously out for the rest of the year, but we get it. Well, actually, by the way, he could come back at the end of the year. He spoke to Adam Himmelsbach uh, earlier this week, and he hasn't completely ruled it out. But that to the side, next year he's going to be back in the lineup. So you'll have not only Curry Irving, you'll have Gordon Haywood, as well as Al Horford, mind you, who's playing some spectacular basketball. He's going to be an all-star this year. He's had many of all-star performances before. I can't think of how many exactly off the top of my head. I have to look up uh, how many exactly. But he is a door-to-door basketballer, one of the best passing big men in the league, can shoot the three ball as a center, can play four, five, whatever you want, very versatile. All three of these guys, as well as Tatum and Jalen Brown in a couple of years, they're not quite in the level that uh, you're talking about now, but it'll only take one or two years before they get to that caliber of play. So the fact that you don't think we have any star power doesn't really make sense to me. What do you reckon, Lukey? Well, if if star power is the selling point, okay, so if your first selling point to the pitch to the new fan is we want to watch superstar players, let me just tell you something about this certain basketballer that, that, that plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. His name is LeBron James. You may have heard of him. He... If you're making your pitch right now, there is no other player you want to watch more than LeBron James because it's in his 14th season and we know he's a how many ever time MVP and he's been at the peak of his powers for a very long time. But right now, we are seeing almost, I don't want to say second coming because that's the wrong term, but for lack of a better term, it's almost like a resurgent. Now, yes, look at 28.3 points, which is his most since I think the mid 2000s or 2019. I think it's the most points since. So most points in about seven or eight years. He's still getting your eight rebounds, your eight assists, a block, a steal, all that type of stuff. So you're watching a guy who does it all, who still seems like he's in second gear. I mean, we're still in December. He knows there's no one better at managing his body than LeBron, who knows when to go and when not to go. I'm pretty sure he averages more points on the second night of a back-to-back than he does the first. I heard that stat yesterday when they uh, they beat your boys, the Sixers, Mikey. He was the second night of a back-to-back. Playing got delayed. Then they got into Cleveland at something like 4 a.m. from Indiana, and they came out. LeBron, he's taking over in the clutch. He's unstoppable, but the biggest thing with LeBron. So the selling point for Cleveland is, is this simple. You've got the best player in the world, bar none. Best player in the world, bar none. You can watch him 
night in and night out. You can appreciate what he does because it's unbelievable and it's never been seen before and I don't think it will ever be seen again. And the best thing about LeBron at the moment is we talk about Jordan and we talk about how when he came back here, he implemented that post move into his into his his game. That that post shot was kind of like the back end of his career. It kept him going for those extra couple of seasons. LeBron's three-point shot it will keep him going for an extra couple of seasons at the absolute optimal level. He's shooting 41.7% from downtown. Now, people might say, yes, but we're still in December. Well, nearly, like I said, we're past the quarterway mark. We're two months, two and a half months in. It's a fair sample size. He's taking smart shots in confidence and he's making them. So this is a guy that is still getting better somehow. He's still adding stuff to his game that he was always been... Not, not not criticized for, but the jump shot's always been the part of his game where you can almost try and beat him. You go under the screen, you force him into that three-point shot. You can't do that anymore. He's a plus 40% shooter, and he's still getting it done in all areas. His defense, he knows when to defend, and when he has to defend it, he's unstoppable when he does. So if, I'm, if I've got someone sitting here that's never watched a game of basketball in their lives, I'm just telling them, do you want to watch the best player in the world at this sport perform his craft night in, night out at an optimal level. You'd be stupid if you said no. So if you say yes, well then... wrong, Mikey. There's no denying that he's... I've said this many times publicly to my head, in, my, in my head. He is the greatest <laughs> basketball player of all time. I've said it. I've said it publicly, publicly in and in my head. Yes. That's <laughs> I, I've said he, he's a better basketball player than, than Michael Jordan was. He hasn't had... As good a career in the championship-wise, we'll find out later. But he's in year 15, Luke. He's going to... How much more time does he have left? No, I reckon no, no. he's got... An, at the peak of his powers, he's probably got a maximum of three years. No way. And he'll probably oh, see out another two years. He, he, We know how, how incredibly good he takes care of his body. There's no denying that. So he's he's turning 33 in the end of December. I think it's the third, mm. December 31. He turns 33. December so 30. if you want someone to go and follow your Cleveland Cavaliers to go, well, he's not even contracted to next year. What happens That's if LeBron point. James just up and leaves the Cleveland Cavaliers like he's done in the past when he left in 2010 to go and join his mates over in Miami Heat? So you're asking a supporter to go and follow a team that you don't even know he's going to be there in six months. Now, I'll, let, I'll let you butt in, but before I let you... The, the nucleus of your team is old. You've got Kyle Korver, I think he's 36. Dwayne Wade, who's 35. And look, he's coming off the bench and he's been playing some pretty good basketball. But that nucleus of that team, you lost it when you lost Kyrie Irving. There is no team there. It's LeBron's team. I thought you might have made that point, which I, I, I take on board. But we're looking at someone coming into basketball who wants to support someone right now. You want to see... You want to support a winner. So you, got, you, you, you want to support six months. No, 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 no. Six but, months of a team. But, but this is, um, I reckon we get lost in this fact so often. People get so caught up in the future, the future, the future. The future's not guaranteed. But the future, no, no, no. no. The, the, the future, if the future was in three years, then you'd have a point. But the future's in six months. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, if you're supporting someone right now, we want to support winners. Okay, we want to support a winning team in the Eastern Conference right now. The Cleveland Cavaliers are the most likely to come out of that conference and go to the finals, right? They are but they, they are the favorites to my I, and I don't think anyone's gonna be beating them in the Eastern Conference. So my point to the person that is coming into basketball right now is look, I'll say yes, there are teams out there who might have a bit of future in, in 
in three to four years in the Cavaliers, right? And look, we know LeBron's coming out of contract, but you have the chance to watch the greatest player, in your words, Mikey, the greatest player of all time, play at his absolute optimum in a team that can win the title this year. And the favourites come out of their Can conference. I say something before so, we let Chris in? But, okay, I just want to say this one point. And then this is the first time that LeBron's ever had a really good bench on his team. It's the first time in his in his career. But what happens if LeBron James breaks an ankle or just has a freak accident? What happens? That can happen. Well, LeBron James or the Cleveland Cavaliers, I call them the the LeBron James Cavaliers, aren't the best team in the East. Well, and that's the difference between the Philadelphia 76ers where it's a team basketball. We didn't have Joel Embiid in. We didn't have Robert Covington in today. We're missing TJ McConnell. We still nearly beat the Pelicans today. <laughs> that, that's a very, very big statement. Just nearly beat the Pelicans. Jesus, Michael. they're that a is, good basketball mate, team that, now. That, no, that, that a is a very, very convincing point that they nearly. We didn't beat have the, Joel Embiid against the Cleveland Cavaliers, nearly, and we nearly beat you guys. Nearly, yesterday. nearly beat the Pelicans. That's we nearly beat the Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday. Now, and you had yes, a full squad in. This is the difference between people like you and yeah, people like me. Perfect. You are putting so much investment into a mid-December basketball game. I'm looking at the bigger picture, Mark. almost wins rather than actual Yes. Almost wins against 500 teams. Well, I can and if tell you, you why br- we're going to be the best team If you want to bring up... I can tell you that. You brought up... Quite okay, easily. You said, oh, LeBron could roll an ankle. Joel Embiid hasn't played basketball in the past two, three years. Ben Simmons... Yes, he has. Ben, yeah, but he he's been... playing back-to-back. Yeah, he's playing this season. I'm saying in the past, he's had injury problems. Ben Simmons missed his entire first year under contract. If you're talking about injuries, LeBron's a guy that's never had a major surgery I'm in his career. I'm just saying a freak... Him. Accident. Yeah, but that can happen. That That is applied to everyone. It applies to your team. It applies to Chris's team. It applies to my team. It applies to the 27 it other teams. Team. Haywood went down. Yeah, it happened to his team, good. and they're still looking good. Yeah, ex- yeah that, exactly. So what I'm saying is <laughs> it can happen to anyone. So if that's your only, yeah, de- the, if that's the, your only demerit against Cleveland. The difference is, and I'm going to have to back Chris up on this, they lost their their biggest free agent signing, and they're still leading the league with the best record. If you lose LeBron James, you'd be struggling to make eighth. No, I, I don't think that. Oh, you definitely would. I don't think that. It wouldn't even be it. Maybe this year because you've got a bit of a bit, bit of a bench, you'd struggle to make eight. In previous years, you would be finishing bottom of the East. Last year, when he didn't play in eight games, you rolled zero and eight. You're, you're working. There it is. You're working in in hypotheticals here. I'm, no, no, I, that's a fact. That's no, not no, a hypothetical. That's you're, a fact. You're saying a hypothetical if LeBron gets injured. So if all your arguments what, are if, ifs, I'm looking at right now. Right now, I'm not looking at. But if, you, if you, yeah, yeah, let let's bring in uh, Chris. The the thing to me isn't about LeBron's injury because he's never had any injury concerns in his life. That's why I'm more concerned about someone like Joel Embiid who's you know struggling to put together games. Even someone like Markel Fultz. And Ben Simmons has obviously proved that he's healthy now after uh, missing all of last year. They've got a lot of question marks at 76ers. But to me, LeBron has never had any of those issues before. So I still don't... I, I don't think that that's a negative on Cleveland, the fact that LeBron might get injured. The biggest negative for me is that he might not play next year. The Warriors still, to me, are the best team in the league. I'd probably put Houston as the second best team in the league. So regardless of who the Cavs, assuming that they do make the NBA Finals face, whether it's Golden State or Houston, they're going to be underdogs. And I don't think it's worth saying, all right, you can jump on board of our bandwagon for you know the rest of the year, have maybe a 35% chance of, of winning the league, and then we don't know what's going to happen next year. If I knew that LeBron was staying on for sure, then I'd have to say 
that Cleveland is the best thing to, to follow because I've seen LeBron in person and I've watched him on TV plenty of times and he is phenomenal. He is the best basketball I've ever seen in my life and probably will be the best basketball player I've ever seen in my life. But the simple fact that we don't know where he's going to be next year, you don't want to say, you don't want to just jump on the bandwagon and say, all right, I'm going to be a Cleveland fan because I've got LeBron now and in six months' time they don't have him and you spent the rest of your life supporting a team that, you know, might eventually be good again, but probably won't be good for a long time. I think my point was, if he, yeah, well, it goes the same. If he got injured or if he left, there's no Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that's my where my point was coming from, that it's a lot of the Cleveland Cavaliers surrounds LeBron James and what he does. So you want to follow a team or do you want to follow LeBron James? And the question is, why do you want to follow the Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, you want to follow the Cleveland so that's, Cav- that's that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, but you want to follow the Cleveland Cavaliers. It, this is again my point is yes, I understand you got to look a bit into the future and you got to say what happens in six months' time. But I'm talking about instant enjoyment, instant enjoyment. Yeah, that was Celtics under 76ers. Oh, but bettered by the Cavaliers because you got LeBron James and you get to bear witness to the best player of all time. Like I said. Yeah operating at the peak of his powers. And I think that is by far, it's a superstar league. The league is run by superstars. If you don't have superstars, you ain't going to win basketball games. This is this is on Twitter, actually. Should we put up a poll now on on SCN America so by the end of the episode we can see what people actually think about it and then we'll, at the end of the episode, say the results. Should we do something like that? Yes. Well, you, this, uh, is, this is an impromptu <laughs> an impromptu poll. I've, I've got the uh, the Twitter out at the moment, so... Even even if someone's listening to this podcast, uh, go back and, and take the, the poll because it'll be up for let's do it for twenty four hours, I reckon, and mm-hmm. then we'll get some some feedback in the next day. Yeah. So the question will be: Something like if your your uh, who who's the best team to start supporting in the East right now? Okay, and I'll then, I'll, I'll put that up, and 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 as I put that up, Mike, so. We understand the point about LeBron, the superstar. Okay, we understand that. Make us another pitch for Philadelphia. You know, okay. you, you got Embiid, Simmons. Is there something else? Is there something else while I put yeah, this up that's pulling you to Philadelphia? Okay. The Sixers have the best young core in the league right now. It's very rare to see such a group or such a deep group of young talent. You've got Dario Saric. He's 23, excuse me, he's 23 years of age. But Ben Simmons... Pick twenty, uh, pick one. He's twenty-one years. Joel Embiid's twenty-three. Markel Fultz, who we don't know what 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 we've got in Markel because of his his shoulder injury. He's nineteen. You got Robert Covington, who's undrafted. There's yeah, a lot of that yeah, talk that so. Sam Hinkie, you know, he did. He he started the process back in two thousand and three by losing on purpose, drafting away uh, good players for draft picks, and then earned higher draft picks by posting poor records. But Robert Covington was an undrafted player in 2013. He's fourth now in the league in three-point field goals made. Only behind Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and James Harden. And then you got Rashawn Holmes, who was picked 37, second rounder two years ago. He's 24 years old. This is the core of our team. This team is going to be around if they if, if they can stay together for 10-plus years. Now, maybe Boston could make a similar pitch, but Cleveland cannot make a similar pitch because in 10-plus years, the majority of your team will be 45-plus retiring, smoking cigars in in LeBron's cigar room in his new LA mansion that he bought for $23.5 million. My team's still going to be around, and it's going to be the nucleus that's playing right now. 
And as we recorded this podcast, we're thirteen and thirteen. Now, when we when 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 we made our predictions on an earlier podcast, you were like, "Philly's going to make the eight. Are they going to make?" You boys said, "No, no." I was like, "They're definitely making the eight. And you laughed at me. We're thirteen and thirteen. We've had a few injuries. I mean, Joel and Bead's missed the last two games. Robert Coverding, he flew into trying to save a loose ball in that Cavs game and hurt his back, so he missed today's game. TJ McConnell's been out. Justin Anderson has been out. But they're eighth currently, and they've they've exceeded a lot of other people's expectations, including my own, even though I was like, they're adamant on making the eight. Now, I thought that the East was going to be a little bit weaker than what it's, what it's turned out to be. The Pacers have been a surprise. But this team is going to be around for the next 10 years. And if they can do some, you know, if they can get the contracts in place and all that, this is going to be the team that you're going to be watching for the next 10 years. Yeah. And it's an exciting team with another with two once-in-a-type generation type of players in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Yeah, I think there's no denying that. Both players could be some of the best players that we've ever seen able to play the game, but there's still a lot of question marks for me. I actually hope that it works out for them because obviously as an Australian, we want to see Ben Simmons succeed. And just as a basketball fan, you want to see Joel Embiid succeed. He's just a fun guy. I love following him on Twitter and, and hearing you know, all the stories about him off the court and all that sort of stuff. He just seems like a fun, likable guy. So I like both of these guys. There's still a little bit of question marks about Joel Embiid and whether he can stay healthy. Mark Fultz as well. I don't think he's going to have a long-term issue. Fultz, I think once he starts getting back into the rhythm and flow of basketball and starts getting some games under his belt, he'll be fine. I think this is just a small hurdle. As of right now, I'm just not 100% sure about it all coming together. Now, what you were saying about the young core... 100% you're right. Boston Celtics have equally young core. They've got one of the youngest teams in the entire league. They've, they've, I think they're 25th in the league in age. They've got guys like Kyrie Irving, who's 25, Jalen Brown, 21, Jason Tatum, 19. I'm not saying that... I think Kyrie Irving is better than Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons at the moment, but I don't think that's going to last too much longer. And Obviously, they're much younger. And Brown and Tatum aren't as good as those guys either, but... They've still got a lot of room to grow. Jason Tatum's leading the league in three-point percentage at the moment, and he only increased it tonight. He had another three for five tonight. He's averaging about 53 points, uh, 53 points, <laughs> 53% from behind the arc. These guys are not to be messed with. And this, they're playing big-time minutes in a team that isn't just eighth in the league, Mikey. They're first. They're first in the East. They've got the second-best record overall. They just got overtaken by the Rockets a couple of days ago. But they're still a very young, very exciting team where, I don't know, that they might not ever be as good as Embiid ends up being or Simmons ends up being, but it's it's not too dissimilar in my mind. Yeah, and, and I guess your point of um, having what you claim to have the best uh, coach in the league, I, I think Brett Brown is at least a top five coach. I mean, he, yeah. he endured... More Australian coach, absolutely. He endured some of the most... I mean, some of the... <laughs> The weakest basketball teams I've ever seen being put on an NBA court, you know, back in 13, 14, and 15, where, you know, Sam Hinkie was purposely trading away good players in case they had any chance mm. of winning a game. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, you talk about right now as well, this team is, as I said, it's built around young young talent, but it's also added, you know, savvy veterans over the offseason, JJ Redick, and he's been just Absolutely amazing, and he he came into the season going. I just don't want to have a you know a one year pit stop where I earn twenty three million dollars a season, and then go to another contender. He's here to win. We got Amir Johnson from the Celtics, 
who's just been incredible off you know off the bench and sometimes when he's had to start in in place of the Joel Embiid you know you got Robert Covington who's from a, who's from the G League and as I said he's he's fourth in three point field goals made I mean the team right now is exciting to watch but why do you want to watch them? Why, why do you want to go for them? Because they're going to be there in five years. I mean, Joel Embiid signed that five-year, $148 million contract in, uh, before the season started. I mean, he's only 23. It's it's quite Im- impressive. And the game he had against the Lakers, I'll just read out his stat line. It's never been done before. This is a 23-year-old with injury problems and foot problems. With 46 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, and 7 blocks. Now, he, he moves... Like Akeem Olajuwon in the post, he can pass, he can shoot the three. I mean, he he, he look he's seven one, and he looks like he could be a a six foot guard, the way he moves. And Ben Simmons is six foot ten, and he plays like a six foot guard. The poll is up on Twitter, by the way. We'll get to the I'm I'm, I'm monitoring the results as we speak. We'll we'll get the final results at the end of the podcast, and then obviously you'll be able to vote on that until in the next twenty four hours as we're recording this now. I've been listening to your to your points over the past couple of minutes, and yes, they, they make sense. Yes, Philadelphia, you've got this great young core, great young nucleus le- leading into the future. So the Boston, you know, they're, they're looking great for the future. Gordon Haywood still to come back. But I always like, think, I always go back to the Oklahoma City example. Now, this, this is where I'm making my case for Cleveland, because right now, this season, Cleveland is the team to beat in the Eastern Conference, Okay. Uga 2012, the NBA Finals, an Oklahoma City team who got there before their maturity date. They got there before we all expected them to. They lost in five games to the Miami, so they lost pretty comprehensively. But it's just a defining, it's one of the most defining images for me in NBA history. It's the biggest what if. It's that image of game five in Miami. They lost. It's got the photo of Durant there with Harden and Westbrook. Actually, got their shoulders over one another. It's kind of like a photo that represents "We'll be back." That's the type of. You look at that photo on the wall and you think that's a free man group that's saying we're going to watch this, watch Miami win here, watch them celebrate, use this as motivation. We'll come back and we'll get back. And that was the general narrative at the time. Was this Oklahoma City team will be back? They got three of the best young players in the league. It's only two fair. It, it was 2012 at the time. Now, what's happened since then? You know, two of the three aren't there anymore, and they haven't looked like it since. Chicago will probably be saying the same thing in 2011 when they had Derrick Rose. Gets injured, never gets back. Indiana in that 20, 2012 to 14 period, poor George looks incredible. Nearly get past Miami. All of a sudden, LeBron leaves out of Miami. They think, okay, here's our chance. And all of a sudden, what happens? Poor George goes out. There's so many teams, we look back in history, there's probably so many more I've missed, that at at one point or another, they kind of said, oh, this is going to be so good because look at how our future looks. You don't know how the future's going to look. Cleveland Cleveland said the same thing. You know, 2007 against the Spurs got swept. It's okay. We got LeBron. We'll be fine. LeBron left four years later. We all know what happened there. They got back there, which lucky that he came back. But your points are being made on these future predictions that we'll, 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 the, like you're saying, we'll get there. We got Simmons and Embiid. We'll get there. We'll be fine. You know, we got Haywood to come back. We'll be fine. Well, Cleveland's already there. We are here yeah. right now. We might not be there next year. We might not be there in two years or in three years. But right now, we are there. And we are there. It's very, very fragile league, the NBA. It's not often you're there. You're, there's only two or three teams that are there every year, right, out of 30. It's a very small percentage of teams who are there. And we are there right now. And that's why 
I reckon it's a no-brainer. You have to support Cleveland because they're there. They can win the title right now, like this season, not in five years' time, right now. Why wouldn't you want to support that? Can I just say, this is why it's so important to have a good coach so that when your superstar does end up leaving or something happens that you don't foresee, you need to have a good coach to keep the team above water. Not just a good coach, but also good GM and good management. And that's what the Celtics have as well. Danny Ainge is arguably the best GM in the entire league. The way that he's managed to construct this team has been nothing short of phenomenal. Every time he makes a trade, all Celtics fans cover their eyes and think, oh, no, what has Danny done? This this isn't the right move. And then it ends up being a genius move. If you look at the Markel Fultz trade, we had pick one in last year's draft, and he traded down because he wanted Jason Tatum. A lot of Celtics fans were upset about that, me included, mostly because um, you know we, we'd just been looking forward to seeing Markel Fultz for so long. Once we got that number one pick, we knew that he was going to go number one. And then we ended up moving down. Now, if it wasn't for Simmons, Jason Tatum would probably be leading um, the rookie of the year votes. Not just that, we get the Lakers pick next year if it's between two and five, or we get the uh, the Kings pick the year after that. Not only do you do that, he goes Kyrie Irving for the Brooklyn pick, sure, but that's not going to be as bad as it might have been. For Isaiah Thomas, that really hurt me and a lot of Celtic supporters. But the fact is, he's still not back from his injury. He won't be back until probably after Christmas. All of the moves that Danny Ainge has managed to make have made this team better. And the fact that the ownership is allowing him to do what he does best, regardless of public you know, outcry or anything like that, shows that this is a stable franchise that can sustain this level of performance. It's not just about players. It's about the coach, the front office, everything. And they have the pieces in place to make this a sustainable run. We also, like you were saying about Cleveland, we can win now. We don't have as good of a chance as Cleveland to win, sure, but we're still going to be probably top two or three in the East and have a legitimate crack at winning the, uh, the, you know, the, the championship. But we also have the pieces in place to um, contend for the next 10 years, like Michael was saying, for the 76ers. So we kind of have the best of both worlds. So I, I, I understand what you're saying, Luke, and I understand what you're saying, um, Mikey, but we've kind of got both of what you've got and combined it into one. That's why it's so exciting to be a Celtics fan at this time because we can see the success from today until the next 10 years or so. And I know, like you were saying, it's very hard to project that far in advance, but at least the pieces are there to get the job done and to have the hope because it's all about hope. You want to be able to sell someone on the idea of hope. I don't know if the Cavs fans have that beyond this season, but certainly the 76ers fans and the Celtics fans have hope in bundles. That's what I was trying to say. LeBron holds the Cavaliers hostage. He holds any team that he plays for hostage because it's not the front office. It's not the coach. I mean, Ty Lue, we've spoken this on earlier podcasts. He's, he's not a great coach. I mean, they've got a great team right now at the moment. But to say that LeBron leaves, the Cavaliers don't really have a great organization that you can trust that are going to get back to where they need to get back. They got lucky by getting Kyrie Irving because LeBron James left and they were a trash basketball team. Then they got Wiggins because there was no LeBron there and Kyrie was you know, early in his infancy of his career. They got Wiggins, first round pick, because they were a trash basketball team. Now, Philadelphia 76 has lost on purpose for Sam Hinkie. Obviously, he never got to see... We didn't even see. lose. Something didn't even need to lose. Oh, well, yeah. I mean... Made a good trade. You are right. I mean, it's hard to argue the Boston Celtics. They are one of the most storied franchises in, in the NBA. They do have probably one of the best coaches in the league and probably the best front office executive in Danny Ainge as well. But 
back to Luke's point, the Cavaliers organization is not a great organization. We know the owner's not a very good owner either, and he he, he doesn't really let his GMs do what his GMs yeah, want to do. Whereas the Sixers, they lost on purpose. It was Sam Hinkie, and he was the one that started this process. It was Now it's been called the process that Joel Embiid always seems to do. But you can trust these 76ers, and we have two once-in-a-generation type basketball players on the same team in the same age bracket in 23 and 21 years. Name me another team that have had two once-in-a-generation basketball players two years apart Name it. If you can name it, and you're saying if one of them left, we've seen. We've seen when Joel Embiid's got down, we're still a competitive basketball team. Joel Embiid played in 31 games last year. Now, I don't know what the record it was with him there and with him out there, but I know that we won a lot more with him there. But we didn't even have Ben Simmons in uniform last year. You can trust... Brett Brown to get the best out of whatever he's got on the court, and you cannot you, trust you cannot stuff, trust the Cavaliers. That Again. you take LeBron James out there, and it's only up until this season, and only up until recently, maybe in their last sixteen games, that maybe now you can trust this basketball team. How's the, how long is that going to last if he decides to leave in June? Again, you don't have a basketball team to follow or an organization you want to follow. You want to follow the Seventy Sixers, like uh, Chris. <laughs> Made the point before. He said, "You're trying to sell hope. That's what you're. That's what you. That's what I'm doing. I'm selling hope. We don't have to sell hope because but we're, we're playing basketball. We're playing good basketball right now as well. Yeah, we're, like, we're five. We're a 500 team. You're playing okay basketball. You're not playing good basketball. You're playing okay. We've had a lot of the last four games. We've had a few. Boston's playing good basketball. You're playing. You're okay, not playing okay, but but we we play exciting basketball. We're third in the league." In assists, we average 26 assists a game. The Cavaliers, I have no idea where they are, but I know they don't pass the ball a hell of a lot. They play, you know, one-on-one basketball, which, you know, is great to see LeBron do, but sometimes when the other players try to do it, they struggle. Excuse me. Go on. (laughs) Go on. Um, (laughs) We play free basketball, which equals usually good basketball. The Cavs are 10th. We lead the league in rebounds as well. The Cavs are 10th in assists. That's not a bad rate. We're third. We're a top. And Boston is, I just got to scroll down, 18th in assists, just to put that point in there. That's surprising, actually. It is surprising. I thought it was going to be a bit higher than that. But in the end, whatever we're doing, we're still playing good basketball. Yeah, of course. And you are playing good basketball. But our basketball doesn't need to... Well, I mean, we we have those two superstars that you tune in for. But you take them out, we can still win basketball games. And we're highly competitive. Yeah. And, we, yeah, and we're under 24. The, the the nucleus of this team is under the age of 24. Let that sink in for you for you new fans that are coming to, to jump on the 76ers. <laughs> Again, you're selling hope. <laughs> I'm selling titles. You know, we, we're the team that's won... The, Cleveland's the team that's won the most recent title out of this bunch and the most likely to win the next one because that's going to happen. They could... Ha- yeah, but that's an... Yeah, but that's a long time ago. We're not talking about your 10 straight in the 60s or whatever. We're talking about <laughs> a couple of years ago. Are there any closing comments? Okay, any... Uh, is, I think I've made my point pretty clearly. we got Cleveland... Not we. Let's say Cleveland's got LeBron James. And if you want to just watch the very best at his craft, you're going to watch the Cavaliers. Is there any other closing comments? Mikey, you got your hand up? We have the next LeBron James in the NBA, and his name's Ben Simmons. He's a rare six foot ten point guard. Leads the team in assists, second only to Embiid in rebounds and points. He's only the seventh rookie 
in the history of the league. Let that sink in to have three triple doubles or more. LeBron James' name wasn't on that. Chris, you final know whose comments? other name was on that? MJ, thank you. Chris, final comments? <laughs> Look, it's, it's hard to argue with Mikey about what he's saying about these two guys because they are going to be phenomenal basketballers for a long, long time. Same with LeBron James. But it just goes back to the point where we're ready to compete now. We've got a better record than Cleveland, and we've got just as bright of a future as the 76ers. Everything that I've said about our stable front office, our core young group that we're going to keep around for a long, long time. We're going to get Gordon Haywood back next year as well. Think about how much better our offense is going to be with him there because it's been stagnant at times this year, but that's because he's arguably our second-best player. You'd say He's definitely in our top three, probably our best shooter. So once he comes back, that opens up another dimension of the team. But even without him, he went down in the first five minutes of the season. This team still had the heart and the system and the belief that they were still going to be able to win and win at a high level, and that's what they've been doing. Imagine what they can do once they've actually started playing together for a long time. This is a team that returned four guys from last year. That's it. Four of the 15 guys on our roster played last year. That's it. It's only going to, get, it's only going to go off from here. Well, the, the cases have been put forward. The points have been made. As we close, as promised, as we end the podcast, it's the poll update. We are this is at the seventy-five vote mark. So the sample size is getting larger. After seventy-five votes, we've got Philadelphia on forty-one percent, Boston is on thirty-one percent, and Cleveland's on twenty-eight percent. So there's still plenty of time. I told you, plenty of time, people, Not to click yet, the Cleveland, click the button, submit the Cleveland button, and get that percentage up there. Because I don't think Philadelphia. We also had Dylan replied. He said Brooklyn. He said, great coach, great GM, young team. They're doing great considering where they were three seasons ago. So maybe who Brooklyn's, who's Brooklyn's coach? So maybe there's one out of <laughs> one out of left field there. Hey, <laughs> before we wrap up, Mikey, where can we find you on Twitter? Yeah, go to Mickvel12. You can hear a lot of Sixers chat there. Chris? You can find me at Christos Tyrone. I also did, did want to mention Milwaukee is also another of these teams that you can look forward to seeing because they've got yes. Giannis. And Giannis is my favorite player in the entire NBA. So... We just want to give a shout-out to all the, the Bucks fans who have been listening. We didn't forget about you. We just don't have anyone to come on and talk about the Bucks pretty much. We just, we just decided to do, do this a couple of days ago because you know, all of our teams are looking pretty good, and we wanted to pump up why our teams were going so strongly. So that's pretty much the only reason. But, uh, yeah, hit me up at Christos Tyra. Got a whole bunch of articles coming out throughout the, uh, the next month or so, as well as podcasts, and there's plenty of good basketball chat in there as well. And you can find me on Twitter at Luke Sakari or Basketball Chat there as well, at SCN America on Twitter as well for all of our updates. And if you want to, if you've got an idea for a podcast, a podcast theme or idea, something along the lines of this or anything else, if you want us to discuss or whatnot, hit us up on Twitter, any of our individual tags, or mainly at SCN America, hashtag the SCN NBA podcast, and we'll get right onto it. If you guys want a, a theme podcast or a very type of discussion, we're very, very happy to take that on board. Thanks again for joining us on the SEN NBA podcast, and we'll catch you next time.